Uh, Mark chapter 4 tonight in verse 35. And um, the Bible says this, In the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Father, I pray in Jesus' name tonight you'd help us. Lord, you know tonight I have much on my heart that I need to say, more that you want me to say. But I pray, Lord, you'd help me to say it in a way, Lord, where it really settles down in the hearts of those that hear. I pray, God, tonight the message would go beyond the mind and go beyond the ears and go to the heart of those that are here. I pray, God, for the ones that are here that are struggling right now, Lord, carrying heavy weights and burdens upon their mind and their heart. I pray that this message might give them hope and give them courage, Lord, that they can make it to the other side. Lord, I pray, Lord, for those that might be here lost. I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd save them, Lord, before they leave. Lord, I, I just pray with all my heart that we get to see somebody saved. It's been a little while, Lord, and it's time we get to see somebody else get saved. That's why we're here, Lord. That's why this church is here. Lord, I'm thankful for the people that have come. I'm thankful for the members that have joined. Lord, I'm thankful for how you've blessed us, Lord, and, and, and financially and took care of our needs. But, Lord, the thing we long for the most, Lord, is to see sinners saved. And, Lord, if we're not seeing them saved, Lord, it's all in vain. And I pray, God, tonight if there's one lost that gets saved. Lord, I can't do anything but preach and pour out my heart. Lord, they've got to listen and they've got to respond. But I pray that they would tonight. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Tonight I'm going to finish this message on that thought, how to make it to the other side. How to make it to the other side. You know, tonight we are going to make it. The child of God is going to make it. Amen. Uh, you've been predestined to make it. I'll put it that way. Those Calvinists like that word, but it is a Bible doctrine. When God saved you, you were predestined to make it, and you're going to make it. But the way I'm trying to apply this is more in a, in a more practical way in our daily lives. Each one of us each day have got things we've got to get through, we've got to get over, and we've got to get past. And sometimes, does it ever feel like you're just never going to get to the other side? Uh, you ne you're, you're just never going, I mean, this corona thing, I mean, when we started 14 days, you know, to, to stop the curve, I think that's what they started off with, or flatten the curve, or, or, or whatever it was, and now here we are, what, four, is, are we four months, five months into this thing, and, and it's almost like it's just cranking back up again, and, and uh, somebody said the other day, they, they is one of these experts, and we've really found out how many experts we have, amen. <laughs> We've really found out how many experts we have. I mean, the Internet's full of them. Social media, they're everywhere. On both sides of the fence, there's experts everywhere. And uh, I saw this expert, so I use that term very loosely. Uh, they said, it's never going to go away. They said, it's going to be here from now on. Brother, Brother David, I want to get on the TV. If I could, I would have gone in there and said, there's a coming today it's going to go away. Right. Amen. When the Son of Righteousness rise, he's going to have healing in his wings. Amen. Isn't that going to be good when Jesus comes? Every virus, every disease, every sickness, there will be no more cancer. There will be none of that. It will all be gone in a moment. Amen. But tonight, well, until then, we need to learn how to make it their side. This morning, we started, we said, number one, they had to follow the Savior's command. Verse 35 and 36, Jesus said, get in the boat, and they got in the boat. Jesus said, go to the other side, and they had to go to the other side. And this morning, this evening, I mean to say, if for no other reason we should want to make it to the other side, 
is because Jesus has told us to go to the other side. Amen. There's sometimes you don't get that tingling feeling. And there's, there's times you don't have all that enthusiasm and energy. There's hard times in the Christian life. There's times when you come to church and you don't get that. Uh, uh, you understand what I'm saying. There are times where it's not as thrilling and not uh, as, uh, as exciting. But we must press on through those times because Jesus has told us it's what we must do. The Savior command. We must follow the Savior's command. Verse number 37. I'm not going to pre re-preach all that. Y'all can say amen for that. But in verse 37, except for Brother Jared, you can't say amen on that. Verse number 30. I ain't got to pick on them. I was real nice this morning. We had visitors present. So, and we might have one or two tonight, but I just can't, can't contain it no more. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder parts of the ship, asleep on the pillow. And they awake, and they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? So we're talking about how to make it the other side. And we said this morning, we're going to have to follow the Savior's command. But then, look, we see they found themselves in a crisis. They found themselves in a crisis. You see, in order to get to the other side, not only are we going to have to follow the service, but we're going to, we got to understand this. We are going to find some crises in the Christian life. Now, I wish I could tell you that when you get saved and, and from then on, it's just smooth sailing. But the truth of the matter is, they never would have had this crisis if they hadn't gotten the boat. Those people that didn't get in the boat, those people that didn't get on, uh, on board that ship, they didn't have to deal with this crisis. They went to their homes, they went back to their lives, and, and they didn't have to deal with what these disciples had to deal with. I believe tonight that following God and doing His will will bring trouble to your life that other people don't have to deal with. I believe saved people, child of, children of God, have to deal with things that most people don't have to deal with. We have to deal with adversity that the others know not of. There's a warfare you see that we're in. Uh, at one time, we were at enmity with God, but now we're at enmity with the devil. I'm not going to get into all the Greek and all that, but you can study these words and find there was demonic activity going on right here in this storm. And I want us to look quickly, though, and notice this. I want to see the sudden de development of crisis. The sudden development of crisis. I said it this morning. The storm was already on the way before they ever got on the boat. But this storm comes suddenly upon them. You've heard it, and I'm not going to re-preach it because you've probably heard it before, but this particular place they were, there were mountains on every side, and they tell me that in those places that it can be sunshine, it can be nice one minute, and just in a second it can be a violent storm. And, and what happens is those mountains, their strong winds come down through those mountains, and they beat down upon that sea, and it can go from everything being good to everything being bad, just like that. Did you know in our lives it's that way? It, everything can be good. The bills can be paid. The children can be happy. Everything can be going well. The church can be happy and healthy and growing. Everything's right in our lives. And just like that, a crisis can come. A sudden development. A sudden development. It wasn't long ago we were kind of snickering and laughing about the China virus. I'm not laughing no more, are you? 
It wasn't just through the younger sand. It was quick. It was like that. When they got on the board, it wasn't like that. But it didn't take long till they met a storm. They met a crisis in their life. And something tonight, if we're going to make it to the other side, we've got to understand one thing. We better understand one thing, that between here and between there, there's going to be some critical times in our life. And we better enjoy the sunshine in our lives. We better enjoy it. We better, we better soak it up when things are well. We better bask in it. We better enjoy it. We better, hey, listen, you know, we, 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 we need to all learn not to get upset. And I'm preaching to me as much as anybody else about the small things and the little things and, the, and those things that are here. We need to understand that if the sun's shining in our life, we should rejoice in the sun and be glad about it because there's many dark days ahead of us in our life. There's a sudden development. Then we see there's a serious dilemma. They found themselves in crisis. Notice the serious dilemma. And I'm just going to give you this. You don't have to turn there. But in Mark, I mean in Luke 8:23, it says this storm came down upon them. And then it also says here in, in uh, I'm trying to find it. I should have wrote it down. In verse 37, there arose. So it come not only a down, but it come up and arose. And then in, in verse number 37, it says, it beat into the ship. <laughs> you say, how is this a serious dilemma? Because it's coming from below, it's coming from above, and it's coming within. <laughs> everywhere they turned, trouble was coming. Everywhere they were, everywhere they looked, every direction they turned, there was trouble. This storm came down, this storm came up, and this storm came into the boat. Amen. And listen tonight, what I'm saying is, uh, it's easy for us standing on the banks of ease and comfort uh, to let and say, oh, what are they so upset about? Uh, uh, what are they so troubled about? It's easy to say that when it's not your vessel in the midst of the trouble. The Bible says their ship was full. Now, follow me. I want you to get this. In the middle of all this, they missed a miracle. It was a miracle that the boat didn't sink to begin with. It was full of water, and it didn't sink. You know what? Listen, while Jesus was asleep, he was still preserving their lives. Amen. Amen. And listen, that there's a miracle. And what I'm saying is we don't need to miss the miracle in the middle of our crisis. The fact that they did not go down was a miracle in itself. And tonight, the fact that we're here is a miracle in itself. And you all know why that boat couldn't sink? Because it had Jesus on board, amen. And I've got news. You know why the church ain't going down? Because Jesus is on board. You know why I'm not going down? Because Jesus is on board, amen. A surprise, there was a serious dilemma. There was no coast guards to call. Those little ships couldn't help them. But despite all that was against them. Now, have you ever felt like in every direction you looked, trouble was coming? Up, down, in, out. <laughs> but despite all that, listen, despite all that, they had everything they needed on board the ship to make it through this storm. They had Jesus. And by the way, that's all they had. But when he's all you have, that's when you learn he's all you need. Amen. And there was a serious dilemma. Then quickly there was a surprising discovery. The Bible said in verse 38, 
And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep. Asleep on a pillow. They went looking for the Lord. Somebody said, hey, where's Jesus? Where's the Lord? We're going to die. We're in jeopardy. Our boat's filling up. The wind's beating down. The rudder's coming up. The waves are rising up. Oh, where's Jesus at now? And they, one of them said, I'll go find him. They went looking through the boat. And back in the back of the ship, he was asleep. He was asleep. This evening, many people are discouraged in crises in their life because they don't find Jesus doing what they think he should be doing in their storm. This, this evening, it's not our job to tell him how he should do what he does. He was asleep. Now follow me. His, the human side of him was sleeping, but the God side was very much alive. Amen. And oh, listen, tonight we need to understand that in the storms of our life, in the critical times of our life, there's many people that jump ship and turn back because they hit troubled waters and God don't do what they think he should do in their crises. And we ask ourselves, God, I thought you would do this. Lord, I've heard people tell about that. How come you've not done for me what you did for him? How can you be here asleep while all this is going on? How, and, and it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that, that he could sleep in this great storm. Because why? He wasn't troubled about it. He wasn't troubled about it. Did you know tonight Jesus is not troubled? He's not afraid. He's not uneasy tonight. He's not uneasy tonight about the crises because he already knows how it's going to turn out. There was a surprising discovery. Quickly, there was, I want you to see the sad doubt among the disciples. Notice this. And they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Did you know this evening that trouble will make us say things we shouldn't say? Critical things, unexpected storms, uh, times of, of, of fear, they make us say things that normally we would never say. But do you understand? I believe what they did here is something we've all done at some point in our life. The first thing is this. They said, Master, carest thou not? First thing they did, follow me, they made a false accusation against Jesus. They said, Jesus, you don't care about us. Jesus, if you cared, you wouldn't be asleep. If you cared, you wouldn't have told us to get on this boat. If you cared, you wouldn't have sent us into this storm. If you cared, we wouldn't be here right now. And they falsely accused him of not caring about their situation. And we've all stood back and wondered how Pilate and how that mob could rail against Jesus and falsely accuse him of being a blasphemer, falsely accuse him of being a rider, falsely accuse him. And we've all sung the songs and wept and said, how could they do that? How could they falsely accuse the Lord? How could they bring lying charges? But you know tonight that every one of us at some point in time has laid a false accusation against Jesus Christ. I know it's quiet. But it's true. 
You see tonight, we do not need to get to that place in our life where when every time trouble comes, we bring accusations against him. And we say, if you love me, you wouldn't have allowed this to happen. If you cared about me, uh, listen to me, Jesus cared for them before they got on the boat. And he cared for them while they were on the boat. And he would care for them after they got on the boat. But troubles make us say things we shouldn't say. False accusations, but then there was a foolish assumption. They said we perish. Now follow me. We perish. That word perish means to destroy fully, to die. That's a false assumption they made. Because guess what? They weren't going to die. They jumped to some false conclusions. They said, hey, we're going to prepare. We die. We're going to be destroyed. They come to some false assumptions, foolish assumptions, and it's amazing to me how we're happy and everything's good and everything's right. And the first time we hear the thunder roll and the first time the lightning flashes and the first time the wind blows and our boat begins to rock, we say, Lord, we're done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's over. I'll give up. I quit. And I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm saying me too. I'm the same way. I mean, something small, something insignificant. And here we are. We're saying, Lord, I'm done. My, I'm over. I'll never, I, oh, this is the end. That's what they were saying. We're through. We're over. But they weren't done. They weren't done. They weren't done. False accusations and full assumptions. So they found themselves in crisis. Verse 39, and I'm done. If we're going to make it to the other side tonight, and I hope you'll remember this, and I hope you'll use this, we got to follow the Savior's command. Right? Does everybody agree with that? Amen. We're going to find ourselves in crisis. It's going to happen. We've been there. This church has been there. We've all been there. Together, we've been there. And I really believe that in some of the crises we face in this church, since I've been here, I, I know you've been through them before, has made us a better church and brought us closer together. And this deal they were in, guess what? It was going to make them better. The Bible says in verse 39, and he arose, amen, amen, amen. and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still, amen. which means hush your mouth. That's what it means, seriously. It means be muzzled. Be muzzled. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Tonight, listen, tonight, if we're going to make it to their side, we've got to follow the Savior's command. We got, we've got to realize we're going to face some crises. But the last thing we see, they finished sailing the course. They finished sailing the course. It says in verse number 1 of chapter 5, and they came over under the other side. <laughs> Amen. We've got, to be, we've, got to, we've got to be committed to finishing the course. We've got to be committed to make it to the other side. We've got to want it. We've got to pray. We've got to be serious about it. And tonight, listen, these disciples, they had some doubt. They had some false accusations, some foolish assumptions. But say what you want to. Chapter 5 and verse 1, it says they went over under the other side. Amen. And no doubt when we make it to heaven, we're going to look back and realize there were times we didn't do what we should do. There were times we failed. There were times we died. But thank God we made it to the other side they finished on the course 
We can sit here and, doubt, and talk about how bad they were for doubting Jesus in the storm. But the truth of the matter is we ought to be praising them because they made it to the other side. How did they do this? Quickly, there was a prayer that was answered. Amen. And I'm glad tonight God still answers prayer. We have a God tonight whose ears are not heavy that they cannot hear. And his arms not shortened that it cannot say. Amen. I'm thankful tonight that our God, hey, listen, our God never sleeps nor slumbers. There's never a moment nor a time where we cannot come boldly to the throne of grace and pour out our heart to him. There was a prayer that was answered. You know how I'm going to make it to the other side? One prayer at a time. One prayer at a time. That's how a church can make it. Just one prayer at a time to get to the other side. The prayer that was answered, we see the rising of the Savior. It said in verse 39, he arose. He arose. It's amazing the storm didn't cause him to rise, but the cry of his disciples did. Did you know tonight God's not disturbed by what's going on in this world, but you want to get him stirred up? Start praying. That moves God. When we pray, we pull the cord that rings the bells of heaven. Do you understand that? In prayer, in prayer, behind prayer is the power of Almighty God. The sad thing is tonight, there's such a great, immense, untapped resource that we have. We can pray. We can can get prayers answered. and, And the reason they made it was there was a prayer that was answered. The rising of the Savior, the rebuking of the sea. It said, rebuke the wind to muslin, to muslin. Now here's what I believe. You ever seen a dog get muzzled? I believe Jesus said, Satan, shut your mouth. And and guess what he did? He shut up. Excuse my French, but he shut up. And did you know it says this? And the storm, and the, verse 39, and there was a great calm. We see the resting of the sea. It was calm. To be still. As quickly, follow me now, as quickly, as quickly as the sea was troubled, it become calm. Now that's a miracle in itself too. I'm talking about this ain't no little puddle. This ain't no little lake. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking about a watershed. You know, we're talking about a, a great sea, a great lake. And here it is, the waves are rocking and rolling, the wind's blowing, and everything's going. I mean, it's chaotic. Water's coming in, water's coming down, water's coming up. And Jesus said, peace, be still. And it was boom, calm, like glass. (laughs) And tonight, just as soon as troubles come, and just as soon as problems arise, with just one word from the Lord, everything can be calm again in our lives. Because of why? Because of answered prayer. Answered prayer. We have people in our midst tonight that were prayed for for years and years. Amen. And it seemed like the answer would never come. But just like that, everything was calm. And oh, tonight, just as soon as our troubles come, the Lord can step out on the bow of our ship and say, peace be still, and the waves will cease in our lives. Oh, and when he speaks peace, when he speaks peace, the winds and waves obey his voice, and they're calm. The problem, the prayer that was answered, 
No, tonight we should go to the Lord with our problems and address them to Him and call on. That's what they did. We can talk about them all we want, but chances are if I was on that boat, I probably would have had a bucket trying to get water out. Brother Larry, I'd probably been looking for that lifeboat somewhere while they was going to get them, but they can go get him. I'm getting in this lifeboat. You know what I'm saying? Or a life jacket. I've been motioning for one of them little ships. Hey, y'all, help us out. But the truth of the matter is, you, you, we can talk all about of how they spoke to him and what they said to him, but the truth of the matter is, they went to the right place. Amen. The prayer that was answered. Verse 40, we see there was a problem that was addressed. Now, Jesus rebuked the wind first, but now he rebukes the disciples. He said to them, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? If you cause Jesus to ask a question, you've really done a job. Good. You've really done something. But the truth is, he wasn't answering, asking the question to get an answer. He was asking the question to give an answer. He said, after all I've done. Now remember, we're not on miracle number one. We're on miracle number 11. Remember the last miracle? What was it? Can anybody remember? It involved a boy, a widow, and a resurrection, right? Y'all remember that? And I, you want me to preach it again? Hey, we'll just turn all over. But it involved a resurrection. We've seen, and while we've studied this, we've seen lame people here. We've seen all kinds of miracles, evil spirits cast out. We, I mean, we've seen some amazing things so far. And yet Jesus said, after all I've done, how can you have doubt? How, why are you afraid? And how, can you have, how come you have no faith? And this evening, I want to ask you this. How can we doubt? And why are we afraid? Why are we so troubled by this virus? I mean, really. I'm not saying we should be reckless and we should be, uh, 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 you understand, we shouldn't just be careless and, and inconsiderate of others. But how come we're acting like the werewolf, the big, the, the boogeyman's out there and we're scared to death he's going to get us? I got news tonight. If you're living in fear, you're not living. You're not living. And tonight I, I understand there's certain precautions that I'm not downplaying that. And that's probably what some might think, but that's all right. They, the Lord knows my heart. But I'm just saying this tonight. I'm just saying tonight that after all he's done for me, after all he's done for me, after all the prayers he's answered and all the miracles he's worked and all the trouble he's brought me through, I'm not going to let a virus make me afraid. We can't be that way. Fear and faith, they can't coexist. For one, one will drive out the other. You got to have faith. Got to have faith. Verse 41, we see the praise that was awarded. The Bible says, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. The praise that was awarded. The Bible says they feared exceedingly. Listen to this. That means, follow me now. That means to be impressed with wonder and awe. The Bible says in Psalms, I believe it's too, to stand in, stand, be, to stand still, to stand in awe, stand in awe, stand in awe and sin not. Have you ever been awed by something? You understand? 
Have you ever stood before something so impressive and so amazing and, and, and you just stood there and you were almost paralyzed because of the wonder of it? Here they are on the boat. Here they are uh, uh, there and the storm's over. The sun's shining. The water's calm. They're, they're soaking wet. They're soaking wet. And they look and the Bible says what? They said, what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey and the sea obey him? And oh, tonight, Jesus, he deserves our praise. But do you know tonight, do you know tonight that they learned something about him through the storm that they had not known before? They knew the dead hurt him. They knew the devils hurt him. Now they learned that even the sea obeyed his voice. One man said it like this. They were astonished at the great power proceeding from a person who appeared, who appeared to be only like one of themselves. It is often profitable to entertain each other with the succor and support which we receive from God in times of temptation and distress and to adore with respectful awe the sovereign power and the goodness by which we have been delivered. Here's what, that's fancy words for saying, they testified to each other. They didn't say it to him, they said one to another, what manner of man is this, that the winds and the sea obey him? And oh, you understand, tonight the Lord's been so good to us, we should stand. And How can we ever cease to praise him? How can we ever cease to thank him when he's calmed the troubled seas of our life? He's answered our troubled prayers. He's delivered us from great persecution and great suffering and great heartache and great burdens. He's lifted our cares and, and set us free. We should always stand in awe and say, what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this that the wind and see obey him Jesus had been good to them and they recognized it on the bow of this ship and tonight one day one day soon I believe one day soon I believe we're all going to step everybody that's saved in this room is going to step on heaven's bright shore and I think what we're going to say is what manner of man was this that brought us from there and got us to here? You see, they weren't talking. Nobody was bragging on each other. None of them said, boy, Peter or whoever, you've done a good job going down there and getting him. Boy, I'm sure glad you went and got him. And, 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 and nobody was saying, hey, I was the one that went and got him. I was the one that went and got him. Nobody was interested in that. They were all captivated by the mighty power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, this man's different. There's something about him that he's got something we ain't got. He's, there's something unique. There's something uh, different. There's something amazing. There's something wonderful. There's something glorious about him. And when we get to heaven, we're not going to be patting each other on the back. And we're not going to be pointing saying, he did this and he done that. Everybody there is going to say, what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this?